Whether you love fitness and it is a part of your life or whether you just recognize that it's such a valuable way to protect your body as we head towards our vintage classic years, this episode is for you. It's going to teach you exactly how to take the most important pieces about fitness and get the most results out of them in your perimenopause body. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey there, sister. Welcome to episode 162 of the Period Whisperer podcast. It's Bria here, your perimenopause guide to helping you have more energy, release weight, sleep better, have better PMS, and feel your most amazing in perimenopause and beyond. Because hey, this is a confusing time. There's not a lot of information out there. And I know because I've been in the wellness industry for a long time, and I was really surprised when perimenopause smacked me in the face, and it took me a long time to figure it out. And I don't want that for you. I want you to be able to efficiently heal and thrive and feel flipping amazing in this time because perimenopause really is that gift. It's a gift for you to heal and spend the next half of your life as the best half of your life. So I wanted to spend some time today talking about fitness. I get so many questions around what, how to work out, what to work out, um, you know, how long to work out, what kind of workouts are really, really great in order for you to build muscle, burn fat, you know, in these hormonally shifting years. And I get those, I think one, because I, I was a, I am a personal trainer um, and I spent the first 12 years of my career in the wellness industry building, uh, helping thousands of women um, use fitness and nutrition, like as a fitness and nutrition coach. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, fitness really is, it's, it has become a source of pleasure for me. It's a, it's a great hobby. It's a great release. It's a great mental health piece. And I do firmly believe that, you know, building lean muscle is such a critical part of like dressing our body in armor for the future, right? Pr protecting our bones, protecting our joints, protecting our like our energy as we gracefully age and become vintage and classic <laughs> and not just a brand new engine. So I love this piece and it, but it's really, really important to talk about because the, the whole responsibility, like our ability to build muscle, our ability to burn fat has everything to do with the state of our hormones, which is why we reach this age of 35 to 55 and beyond and start to struggle because 
there are habits in our life or stressors in our life in other areas and other parts of our body, like further upstream, that are really the thing that's impacting the hormones. And when the hormones are impacted, then we we struggle to get fitness results. We struggle to feel good in our fitness. Uh, and if it's, a, if it's a love of yours or if it's just something you recognize is really good for your mental health and really good to, you know, build that armor for your body as you age, whether you love it or just recognize the value of it, this is going to be a great episode for you. So when I was really in the peak of my, you know, my personal training career and my my online fitness coaching and nutrition career, I personally worked out every single day, six days a week, rain or shine, vacation or not, traveling on a road trip, in a hotel, on a cruise ship, wherever it was. This was a part of my identity and they were not light workouts. They were always really intense workouts. You know, I really liked at least 45 minutes a day. Sometimes I would do a program that was a little bit longer. If I was following a workout program that was 30 minutes, I would always be adding on, you know, extra abs. So 40 minutes was really, you know, my sweet spot. And I had to really learn the hard way that the that level of intensity as I headed into perimenopause was never really working for me. It was just that I had this, you know, when we have youth on our side, youth is very forgiving, right? Like you get a brand new car with a brand new engine and you can drive that car hard. It can turn fast. It can, you know, it can break quickly. But as a vehicle, as an engine ages or as an engine gets more miles on it, (laughs) then it doesn't respond quite the same way. And, And it doesn't mean we were supposed to be driving the engine that hard. We really weren't. But we did it and it accommodated for it. But I think what happens is our body shifts and as it gets further along, a little bit more worn out. And it's a little bit like, dude, never liked it. Don't like it now. And I've already headed up to here, you know, so I'm not going to I'm not going to keep going this way. And this is when we start to see the breaking down and receiving and seeing more symptoms because our body's in what we call a catabolic state and fitness by nature. And when I talk about fitness, I'm not talking about functional movement. So everybody should be walking and moving and, and part of a day. But I'm talking about luxury body fitness, the kind that, you know, in this day and age when so many of us have sedentary jobs, the kind of fitness that is putting on muscle that maybe is creating abs, that's, you know, building biceps and lean shoulders and, you know, great butts and all these things that we talk about and think about. This by nature is breaks down the body, right? It tears the muscle and then asks the body to come and repair that piece and bring it up. So it pushes us in a catabolic state. If we don't have the capacity to repair in that anabolic state, right, that other state that's going to repair the muscle, then we start to break down faster than we can repair. And this is what happens. This is what was happening in my body and what I see in so many of my clients who love fitness or see the value of fitness and really want to heal from it. So if you're falling into one of those camps, then this is going to be a great episode for you. What I want to share with you are the three things that are really important, which you need to know about fitness when it comes to your hormones. And just remember, these have always applied. So even if you happen to catch this and you're under 35 and not in perimenopause or you're over 35 and you feel pretty good, this is really, really important to get on top of. If you can learn this early, all the better for you because you won't find yourself sinking into that catabolic state, right? We want to get ahead of things and 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 be 
you know, ahead of that game before we fall down into the dark pit if we haven't been paying attention. So here's number one. Here are these three things that are really important which you need to know about fitness and your hormones. Number one, you have no business working out like that level fitness where you're, you know, where you're breaking down your body so that it gets stronger if you aren't meeting and supplying the energy needs for that demand. And what do I mean by that? That the basis for our body, the base level for our body, what it needs in order to repair from a breaking down workout, it needs seven to nine hours of sleep at night. So if you're not getting that, it's time to skip those workouts and scale back because your body requires seven hours of sleep in order to repair, right? In order to shift out of that catabolic state, in order for it to actually heal the muscle. So if you aren't getting seven to nine hours of sleep, then you're not able to heal, create the muscle. So it's a big fat waste of time. And nobody has excess time these days. So I wouldn't waste my time doing that. And along with that is, you know, is the energy we get from our nutrition. So we need to make sure we're eating for that level of fitness, right? This is luxury body fitness. This is not a requirement for us to function in life and to be healthy. Luxury body fitness requires us to be eating consistently, eating whole foods that aren't creating inflammation in the body, eating um, the right amount of protein, which is at the minimum 20 to 30 grams of protein per meal, per meal, three meals. 20 to 30 grams of protein. That's what the body needs to repair from these workouts. So if you're not, if you don't have that piece locked in, we want to really think about those pieces like, like going back to kindergarten, right? Or elementary school. These are the elemental basics, the foundational pieces of having health. Having luxury body health is a whole different level. That's where we need to actually accommodate for that. It's like someone going out and running a marathon and never properly training, never understanding how to consume the right amount of calories. That's how people get injured. That's how people get heat stroke, you know, um, and exhaustion because they haven't learned to fuel properly or train properly or be rested properly for that high level of requirement and demand on the body. So that's number one. We need to make sure those elements, those fundamental basics are a part of our life before we start demanding peak performance or high level athletic performance from our body, which is what these workouts are, right? You know, when we when we we're no longer in the farmer's field all day, like lifting things and, and be conditioned for that. If you're pushing yourself in a 45 minute workout each day and the rest of your day, you're kind of sedentary and you're not eating properly, you're not sleeping properly. You're you're going to break down faster than you can repair. And that's where we see these symptoms, these symptoms of unexplained weight gain of belly fat, specifically these symptoms of not being able to sleep well or get quality sleep or feeling rested. These symptoms of extreme hot flashes or night sweats or brain fog or cravings or restlessness or anxiety, all of these things are symptoms of a body breaking down faster than it's repairing. And that's particularly important to understand in perimenopause because we're, we're, this shift in our hormones is another demand of, of the energy in our body. So we need to be very aware of, of what our own energies 
our own body's energy supply and demands are. So that's number one. Number two is that your strength gains and muscle building ability, if you are wanting to be toned, right? If you're doing these kinds of workouts, then that's obviously the goal. Otherwise, why are we doing the workouts? If we're going to build muscle, maybe we want to build muscle to burn fat. But either way, we're trying to build muscle. So your strength gains and your muscle building ability, if you're wanting that, is limited by your flexibility and mobility. What what I mean by that is by nature, when we're lifting weights or we're doing resistance training or high intensity interval training, we're, we're trying to build the muscle up, bulk it up, right? So it's getting tense and really tight. And it can't go anywhere. It won't get stronger if we're not pulling and leaning that muscle back out again, right? Especially as women, because we're designed a bit more for lean muscle. So we need to make sure we're stretching and pulling and releasing those muscles so that they have more room to actually grow. This is where a lot of people run into plateaus in their body is that they're not elongating the muscles so that the muscle can grow. So you're kind of at capacity with the space in that, in, in the muscle's capability, right? Because there's only so much space. So we've got to stretch it. And mobility, right? The range of motion. You can only build your glutes up so much if you are only squatting so low, right? We need full range of motion from our hip joints, from our shoulder joints, from, you know, from all aspects of our body. And the way we get flexibility and mobility is from foundational, again, elementary movement, which is walking and stretching. So before you add in any extra workout goals of these more intense fitness pieces that I know have become so normalized and mainstream. And I was one of these people as well that was just doing them, even though I didn't have the fundamentals. Before we do them, and they get and they can get great results, we have to make sure that we have these foundational pieces and habits of health in our life. So that is a regular mobility, walking, you know, low impact movement practice and a regular expansion, stretching, releasing practice like yoga, for example. So before we start diving into anything else, we need to do that. Otherwise, we're always limiting the impact or the the opportunity of growth and we will hit a plateau and then we're just breaking down and rebuilding the same muscle all the time, which again, waste of time. And if you have time to waste like that, please send me a message because I really have yet to meet a woman in the last 15 years of my career who does. Okay, number three, coming at you, the last one here. Your female hormonal physiology is not designed to provide the same amount of energy every day. It's fundamentally designed to create life, right? To produce life, like it or not. So half of the month, we have great energy from the lower demands of a lower metabolism and lower cortisol release in our body, which of course you know, is designed, right? This is our follicular and ovulatory phases, which are really meant to give us the energy to go out, to attract a partner, to to copulate and reproduce, you know, to be out and about and out in the world. It's a very external energy. And in fitness, it's a perfect time to be starting a new workout program and pushing ourselves to that next level. But then the other half of the month, we have our body, our female physiology has a lower, more internal energy and focus right? Just like it would if it was ultimately, if it was, you know, preparing to, 
you know, after ovulation, if it had been inseminated, if our egg had been inseminated, then we're in this phase of like protection of growth. And if we don't, then we're in this, this phase of sloughing off of moving. So the body's doing a lot more during the menstrual phase and the luteal phase of our hormones, which means our metabolism picks up, our cortisol should pick up. So more is happening and the, there's a greater energetic demand during that time. So we don't have the same external energy and output energy during that part of the month, which can feel disheartening, but it's really it's it's really a beautiful thing when you understand it. We just have a different rhythm than the typical 24-hour male circadian rhythm that they, they only have to deal with. Um, so, of course, as I was saying, this becomes like this becomes more prominent of an issue in perimenopause because of the added workload to our body of this reverse puberty. So what that means is that if you are following a workout program or a workout plan all month long that is the same level of intensity, you're basically spending half the month getting results and half the month reversing those results. I, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I know for me, it was. I became very aware of the fact that half the month I felt like I was crushing it, and then half the month it felt like I was completely dragging and falling back and being hungrier and, and just completely falling off my wagon there and never really seeing the results that I wanted when I was doing those intense workouts. Also, unless you are trying to win a body competition, you don't need to follow a workout program that is longer than 30 minutes a day, four days a week to see results. Look, if we all had the opportunity to go on the Biggest Loser campus and disappear from our lives into a vacuum for three months, then we could accommodate for the demand of working out an hour, two hours every single day. But we don't. We're living in a life where we are expecting Olympic levels of output from our bodies at all times, right? We're waking up and we have our own morning routine. We've got kids to get to school and lunches to pack and work to get to and, and life admin to manage and sports practices to get to in the evening. And like all, and all of that trying to maintain the relationships and exceed and excel and have our health. So we don't have the time to be doing all of that, to, to be supplying the energy for that level of demand. So just remember that unless you're trying to win that competition, you don't need to follow a workout program that's longer than 30 minutes a day, four days a week to see results. So what does that look like? And I wanted to share with you what that looks like for me, what I, you know, what I really um, teach women inside the perimenopause posse and in, inside midlife mojo when it comes to the fitness portion. Because again, I really do believe that some level of resistance training is critical for our, our longevity of our body and the health of our body and aging, but not when we're in inflammation. So we need to get out of that inflammation first. We need to make sure we have those key elementary pieces and foundational pieces in place by sleeping seven to nine hours a night, using our energy to make sure we are getting quality sleep, getting quality nutrition, and then we can, you know, getting quality mobility and, um, and flexibility movement. And then we can add on that next level. So what that looks like for me is that week one, and I consider week one, the week after I finish my period after my bleed. So if you're not bleeding, um, you can track by the moon, right? The, the, 
the, we would call it the waning, the waxing moon. So the growing moon after the new moon where there's no moon. So when we start from a sliver and growing, that week of the month would be your week one. And then week two would be your, your ovulatory phase, which is the full moon. Week three is the luteal phase, which is the waning moon. And week four is the menstrual phase, which would be the week of the new moon. Uh, if you're irregularly bleeding, just go back to your last period and start and try to count, count up the weeks to get where you figure you might be. It doesn't have to be perfect. You'll start as you, the more you do this, you'll start to get the rhythm and feel when you hear your body saying, oh, I'm too tired to do this, or I'm really hungry now. You're not meeting those energy demands. So you can actually course correct and figure this out pretty quickly. But week one, which I consider that follicular phase, that week after the period, I walk every day. We want to make sure we get that fundamental foundational movement and mobility in there. I look at weight training three to four times per week. So I'm doing resistance training three to four times a week for 30 minutes. That's what we're doing. And then yoga for three to four times a week. So what that looks like is I'm walking and moving every single day and I'm doing 30 minutes on the mat every single day. So sometimes that's yoga and sometimes that's weights. That's week one. Week two, as you head into your ovulatory week, we look at, again, walking every day, that foundational piece. And this is when I would up-level my weights. I'd lift heavier or be doing more reps depending on the program. The same thing, three to four times per week. And then yoga, the other three to four times per week. So same thing, but I'm getting more bang for my buck. I'm maximizing that energy. And it also really helps in ovulation, we're peaking in the amount of hormones that are coming to the table. They're all coming to the party. And that can create anxiety in a lot of people. So pushing yourself in this week can actually keep that anxiety at bay and help you move through some of it. Now, week three is our luteal phase. This is when we start to shift into those, you know, the premenstrual syndrome week. And again, we want to focus on walking every single day. And this is when I recommend, and for me, I maintain what I'm doing. So I'm not up leveling anymore. I maintain it if I'm feeling good and my nutrition's on and my sleep is on. Or I shift into more of a body weight resistance training or mat work or core work like Pilates, something like that. Um, and, and then, of course, we do the I do the yoga three to four times a week. So really, really really simple. It's like making sure I'm getting that walking in every single day and getting 30 minutes on the mat every single day, which is really the foundational pieces that you need for your health. Walk 30 minutes of focused exercise. And of course, week four rolls around, which is the menstrual week. I walk every day because it is good for that, having that gentle movement. And then I either do yoga or nothing, depending on how tired I feel, depending on how busy life has been and how what my body needs. But I do my preference is to get up and hit that mat for 30 minutes every single day for yoga or just breath work. Something like that can really help, if, especially if you're having a lot of discomfort throughout your period, if you're in that phase. And, and the last piece I want to say on that is when I talk about walking, our body should be walking 10,000 steps a day. That's usually about an hour, uh, about an hour of walking I have found. So an hour of walking a day. And you can do that all in one shot if you want. I like to break it up into kind of two 30 minutes. I, I walk first thing in the morning and then I walk after dinner. I have a dog. For all of you dog owners out there, I mean, that's just a gift. You got to walk your dog. <laughs> 
especially if you have a bigger dog or, you know, or a high energy dog, get out and use that time to walk your dog or, or go by yourself. I love my morning walks to set the tone for my day. So I get up, I walk for 30 to 40 minutes with the dog. I'm listening to a podcast that's helping me stay focused on what I'm trying to grow in at that time, whether that's my hormones or whether that's my health or whether that's being a better parent or a better partner or whether that's digging into, you know, my relationship with alcohol or whatever it might be. I'm really focused in on learning something that I want to learn during that time to set my mindset right for the day. It's the most beautiful hack. So let's recap this. Um, Let's go back and recap this. Three things that are really important that you need to know you got to get those elementary. You have no business working out. You're wasting your time if you don't have your sleep and your nutrition on. You cannot be doing that to your body. It's going to break down faster than it can repair. And that's where the symptoms come. Your strength gains and muscle ability are always going to be limited by your flexibility and mobility. So we got to make sure we're getting walking in and yoga in every day, every week before we start adding in these higher levels of of fitness pieces. And three, your female hormone physiology, we need to move with that piece so we're not just progressing and regressing every single month. Again, I'm a huge fan of being efficient and accomplishing things at a faster pace. I do not like wasting time and I'm willing to bet that you're one of those people too. So if you're anything like me and you hate wasting time, like just drives you absolutely insane, it's one of my biggest pet peeves, I, this is the most powerful way for you to get the most out of your workouts is syncing your workouts to your cycle, starting and then up-leveling in the first half when you go follicular and ovulatory after your period, and then maintaining and starting to taper and wind down for a full recovery week with active recovery. All right, sisters, I would love to hear from you if this helped. If I, if these are things you want to learn about, I want to know from you. I do hear a lot from my clients. I hear from you guys in the DMs, but whenever there's someone new listening or if something I've said has, you know, created a question, send it to me a direct message. I really want to make sure, like, this is a love letter to my clients, the, my podcast, and it's really a big part of my mission to help flip that script of what perimenopause is for us because, man, it's a gift. It is a gift that gives us the opportunity to step into exactly who we are meant to be so we can be more in our lives and not just less on a scale. All right, we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.